The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am He, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said to him, What do you want? Or, Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you, and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages, and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. 
I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. As I reread this gospel reading in the last couple days, I began to get the, the feeling that this particular reading was particularly apropos, because in it we have a woman who seems very serious about safe social distancing. Perhaps not for hygienic reasons, but she definitely is serious about staying away from other people. That, after all, is why she comes out to the well at noon. Noon was not the time that you went to draw water. You went to draw water first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, the well would have been busy and full of people. The heat of the day was the time you went to the well to be sure no one else would be there. So you can imagine her disappointment as she draws close and sees some guy sitting by the well. She was hoping to be alone. And maybe she thinks, well, he looks like a Jewish man, so he won't talk to me, a Samaritan woman. But then, of course, he does. This woman who wants to keep her distance, he jumps right up into her space. And doesn't just speak to her, but asks her for a drink. Asks to share her water, to use her bucket, to use her cup, to touch the vessels that she touches. These things simply were not done between Jews and Samaritans. And so through the rest of the conversation, it's almost like a dance, if you begin to imagine it that way. Jesus steps in and she steps back over and over again. Give me water. Why are you talking to me? I can't give you water. If you knew who I was, you'd ask me for water. Why would I ask you for water? You don't even have a bucket. And Jesus says, well, then I would give you living water. And that sparks her interest a little bit. She steps in a little bit there. Just like Nicodemus last week, Jesus has made this cryptic remark, and it's been completely misunderstood. Okay. She says, I'll take living water, then I won't come out here to draw at the well. She seems to think that he's offering her fancy Roman indoor plumbing, that the water will come right to her house. And then Jesus steps in a little closer. Go and get your husband. And of course, that was much too close for the woman. We see her jump back three steps at that point. Jesus knows something about her. He's getting personal. He's never been so close. And she does what a lot of us might do in that sort of situation. She changes the subject really quickly. She doesn't respond to the thing about how many husbands she has. Instead, she brings up a very difficult theological question for them to ponder together. 
Oh, I see you're a prophet. Well, the Jews say we should worship in Jerusalem, but the Samaritans say we should worship on the mountain. What do you say? Let's have a debate. It's a perfect way to distance herself from Jesus. But he's having none of it, of course. He steps right back in, answers her question right away. That yes, Jerusalem is the right place for now, but eventually it won't matter because what the Father really wants is for people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeks to worship Him. She doesn't know what to do with that. And so she responds, Oh, well when the Messiah comes, He'll set us straight. And at that moment, I have to imagine Jesus leaning way in, getting much closer than the CDC would recommend, and whispering in the woman's ear the very name of God. I am he, the one who is speaking to you. And then in John's account, the conversation just ends. She doesn't say anything else to Jesus. She stands there, Speechless. And the disciples bust in on the situation and they're speechless. No one knows what to say. But the woman does know what to do. She leaves her jar and she goes and does the job that the disciples were supposed to do. She goes and tells this town about Jesus. This woman, who this morning was hiding from her neighbors, now goes right back to her neighbors, and you have to see her getting in their face, taking them by the shoulders and saying, come, come and see this man that I've encountered, this one who's told me everything I have ever done, this one who knew me, who knew all my secrets and loved me anyway. Can he be the Messiah? And they come. Now, there had to be a reason she didn't want to be around these people in the morning. They must not have treated her well in the past. And yet they don't dismiss what she has to say. It has to be that they see some glimmer of transformation in her already. And the whole town troops out to see Jesus. And then eventually, they also encounter him. He gets up into their lives as well so that they can say it's not because of what she said, but we have come to know for, know for ourselves that he is the Savior of the world. This weekend, tomorrow at the 9 o'clock service, we are commissioning new members of the Community of Hope here at St. George's. And the Community of Hope is a sort of a, a society of lay pastoral caregivers. And they go through 14 weeks of rather intensive training. I completed the training with them to better understand the program last fall. And that group, that training, also made me think of this woman at the well because what happens there is a lot like what happened to her. And the mission that they're sent on is a lot like the mission that Jesus sent this Samaritan woman on as well. During this 14 weeks of training, the prospective members of the Community of Hope are, are not given techniques or, or strategies on how to deal with people who 
are in pastoral need. They're not given words to say or, or the answers to people's questions or, or taught how to fix people's problems because that's not their message, their mission. Instead, they're trained in the rule of St. Benedict. They're trained to live in Christian community. They're trained in prayer and in discipline and trained to know themselves and to know the calling that Christ has put on their lives. They're trained to worship the Father in spirit and in truth, as Jesus trained this woman to so quickly at the well, to encounter God so that when they go out to the people that they serve, they don't come with their own words, they don't come with their own wisdom. They don't come with their own presence or their own power. They come with the hope that through them, the person in need, the person in pain, the person suffering, the person sorrowing, the person lost or confused, might have the opportunity to encounter Jesus. That their presence might be some piece of His presence to the person in need. They come simply to say, come and see the one who knew me and loved me anyway and who knows you and loves you anyway. The Savior of the world. Now in the days and in weeks and months and years ahead, all of us will find ourselves in lonely places and in dark places and in painful places and sorrowing places and, and not because of coronavirus because of the human condition. My prayer for each of us that we would all have a person, someone sent, perhaps for now, to a respectable distance, but nevertheless someone sent to remind us of the one who knows us and loves us anyway, of the one who has come to be our hope, a hope that does not disappoint. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.